Welcome to Umami Conversation. We would like to acknowledge with respect the unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg and Kanihuakwa or Mohawk peoples on whose land we are recording today. Miigwech. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. It is Umami Conversations, one word, and on Twitter under Umami underscore convos with an s at the end enjoy this episode be blessed this episode is tagged as sensitive content it is very descriptive so please tune in when you will feel ready and if you are going for it do not forget to breathe um so we have my beautiful co-host with us jessica bonjour jessica bonjour hello bonjour. and we have another very special guest one of my high school friends. Um, we also went to um, college together and she was actually my leader, a Christian in a Christian club that we were in. She is an inspiration to me. Ever since we've been in high school, I used to go to her church, her Spanish church. I have some really good memories of her and just seeing her um, today just brings me so much joy. And um, she's just not just amazing. She's, I don't know, Valerie, I don't know what to say about you, but you've always had a special place in my heart. Yeah, I'm about to cry over here. Yeah, that's that's the goal. Not so just beautiful <laughs> to see and to hear, and to witness. Actually, hormones, yeah, you, hormones are still not back to what they need sis, to be. Trust from me, birth. I know. <laughs> So as I said, her name is Valerie Moreno. As I said, you have a very special place in my heart, Valerie. And at Umami Conversation, we are grateful for having you here today. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. As we get this party started, Valerie, could you just share a bit of who is Valerie Moreno? Wow. That's kind of like a deep (laughs) question. Oh, yeah. We go deep here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, I'm a woman in my late 30s. I am uh, a wife and now a mom. I also am a licensed uh, minister, so I'm a clergy and I've been for um, quite a few years already. So I have been uh, working in a church or an organization for almost 20 years now, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So time flies. I time flies. um yes. So I also have uh, a very creative side. I love to do photography and just to create with my hands, like even arts and crafts. Um, anything, anything. I create things for my daughter to play with every other day or whenever mm-hmm. the day is kind of boring. I just kind of create something, so it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so. I I'm creative. I am the daughter of immigrant parents, uh, mm. immigrants from El Salvador, and so I am the first generation of immigrant parents born in mm. Montreal, Canada. Yay! Uh, yes, I have lived in different parts of the world. I have lived in um, in the U.S. Uh, it's going to be almost twelve years I've been living in the U.S., but I have also lived in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And um, I love to travel. I love people. I love um, just cultures. I love to see 
uh, people heal, which is why I'm so, 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 I feel very um, privileged to be part of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see us as a generation wanting to do better for the next one and I think that while our parents did their best in many ways they were fighting to survive and to give us a better place to start and I'm just yeah so um, I hope I covered a few different so I'm a wife of a man that is Puerto Rican uh, well he's a New Yorkian Puerto Rican like he was born Mm -hmm. in, in the U.S. but he has lived in Puerto Rico most of his life okay. and his family is from there as well. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, so that's a little bit of who I am. I am the, an older sister. I am a friend, a daughter. Um, there's just so many Layers. areas and, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I am the oldest of five um, siblings. So that is definitely uh, a big part of who I am. So yeah. big shoes to fit, like yeah. definitely. definitely five siblings, and it's brothers and sisters, right? I yes. know two brothers and two. Sisters. I know your sister. I know your youngest. Do I know all five? Well, the you the should, two right? younger ones were really young. Like They're there's really young. uh twelve and thirteen years of difference between okay. myself oh. and my younger sibling. So you probably didn't. If you met them, they were really really young. They were so really you know, young. Yeah, remember. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But your sister for sure. Like I. Yeah. The I one after remember. me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I remember your brother also. Those yeah. two, I like, they're in my head. I yeah. definitely remember them. <laughs> um, so Valerie, you spoke about your husband and he's from Puerto Rico. Is that where you guys met? Because you said you lived in Puerto Rico for a bit. Uh, yeah. So actually I lived there because after we got married, we moved there. So I joined him basically. He was already living there. So, but that's not where we met. We actually met in an airport (laughs) in Honduras, Central America. So, (laughs) it is worthy of a romantic comedy. Um, We actually went to the same conference. Um, Mm. It was a church conference. He went to the conference and I went to. We didn't know each other at all. We had never crossed paths, nothing. But we were at the same conference and we had friends in common, which we didn't know until after the conference. Like, And apparently there was a person who was trying to introduce me to him. But I was like, absolutely not. I don't want to meet mm-hmm. anybody. Like, don't mess with my joy right now. Like, mm-hmm. I was having such a great time. I was traveling. Mm-hmm. I was single. I had money for the first time in my life, you know. Living your best college, life. <laughs> I was like, please do not like get in my way you know Mm. and so I managed to get the whole weekend without meeting him Mm. when I'm at the airport at my at my gate 10 minutes before it's time to board um who walks to join and be in the same door as me him and his friend and there was nowhere else to sit except next to me oh my god it was meant to be (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. He comes and he sits next to me. And so he's like, hi, you know, he introduces himself because there was no way I could run away anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, I back then 
Facebook had just started. So mm-hmm. he's like, hey, do you want, is it okay if I look you up? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. And then we added each other. Actually, it's funny. He took a picture of me that day, which is, wow. it was kind of freaky and weird. I was like, I was why? like, you're weird. And, like, and why? you're from Montreal, right? So it's like... <laughs> I was like, where's the game? He's like, I'm documenting my trip. And it's kind of true because he did take a whole bunch of pictures of a whole bunch of people and places and whatever. So um, it was for some reason, I wasn't afraid of him. Like I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't get like that vibe, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, and we started a long time, long distance relationship that we maintained for three years. Wow. After three years, we got married, and then I joined him in Puerto Rico, and I made Puerto Rico my home. We lived there together for five years. He had already been living there for years with his family, and then um, after that, we immigrated back to the U.S., and so uh, at that time when we got married, I was living in Cleveland, Tennessee. I was working for an international um, organization, yeah, and then we moved here uh, for work. And so where are you yeah. now? North Carolina. You're in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In the Triad area. How long have Sorry? you been married? How long have you guys been married? This year in May is going to be nine years. Nice. Yeah, nine years. So nice. it feels like not a lot, but also it feels like a lot, <laughs> you know, because, you know, it's... um we have lived uh, very crazy things in the mm-hmm. nine years. So it sometimes mm-hmm. feels like a lifetime. Yeah, like a lifetime, but it really mm-hmm. hasn't been that long, you know. But nine about. years is still a lot. So yeah, like, I, I mean, think yeah. nine years is, is still. I mean, yeah, now that we think about it, we've been together 11 years. 11. And yeah. it's going to be nine years of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> so being married, it's been nine years that. Um, both of you uh, got married, but I do know that you recently gave birth. So that yes. means that for nine years, there is no child. For eight and years. Re- for eight years. years. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For eight years. The reason why I'm saying this is because, um, I mean, I know that you're from Salvador, but in our culture, once you get married, the first thing they think about is, <laughs> where's the baby? Yeah. Yeah. That's like automatic. They don't care about anything else. Shelter, none of that. Like, where's the baby, right? Yeah. So I would like for you to to share with us. I do know that on social media, you share um, about the issues that you had concerning infertility. Yeah. And nine whole years, eight whole years in a union. Mm-hmm. How was that like? Um, yeah, let's start with that. So we were actually not wanting to have a baby right away. So even okay. though I got married in my late 20s, um, we weren't like in a rush to have a baby. Like, you know, we're like, let's wait like two years and then, you know, like we'll we'll try for a baby, you know. So about a year and a half in to my marriage, I started having these weird things happening to my body. So um, I significantly gained weight. Like, uh, while that's not an issue for most people, like I gained weight in like less than six months, I gained over 30 pounds, which was mm-hmm. completely out of character because I wasn't, I had not changed my diet that much mm-hmm. or I had not changed 
anything really like big, you know, Mm -hmm. for me to gain so much weight in such a short amount of time, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was like a red flag. Um, The first red flag. The second red flag was I started getting cystic acne. And Agnes, you've known me like for many years, you know that I have never had cystic acne. Never seen that. I I have never been overweight even. So, um, um, so all these, those two changes, the, the, and the third thing was that I started having these mood swings that were mm. really scary. Um, I would like snap, you know, mm. um, get super upset over something. Sometimes I would not be able to get out of bed in the morning. Mm. I was so tired and like sad and I didn't really have like an actual reason to be mm-hmm. sad or or to feel like my day was so hard to get through or nothing like that so it was like it was kind of odd you know so I started um observing these things in my body and so I was like I don't know where to start I was in a new country mm-hmm. you know I was I I'm kind of like I'm not super diligent with like going to the doctor yeah. and like doing all these things you know so mm-hmm. I googled really quick I was like symptoms you know mm-hmm. and nothing seemed to be good news like it was like Mm. for sure it has to do with your hormones you know and all Mm. these things and I was like oh crap I'm like so where do I start you know and so I was like you know what let me go to my gynecologist first and then Mm. maybe I can get reference uh like maybe like to go to see another doctor right and so I went to my gynecologist and five minutes in he's like it sounds like you have endometriosis and I was mm. like, and oh, what? What? Like, I have <laughs> never heard about that. Like, yeah. what is that? He's yeah. like, I'm sorry to tell you, but he's like, let me do something that is called a vaginal, um, uh, not a sonogram, the other one. Um, a- an echography? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay um, so basically, how do you say echography again? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Echography. It'll it'll come to my it'll come. So, ultrasound. Ultrasound. There you go. So uh, when you do that, they can see more clearly and take pictures of your uterus, and they can see better, like if there's any scarring or anything. And they could see that I had a very big cyst and I had scarring and stuff. So they were like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, um, this looks like endometriosis, but there's only one way to find out for sure. And it is to do a surgery to remove the tissue, send it to the lab, and mm-hmm. know for sure that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And anyway, we need to clean you up because that's what's causing all this havoc in your body. Mm-hmm. So I had gone in there. My husband had not even finished barking when I was already out and wow. crying on the curb, like sitting down and just like, I need to get a surgery. And the doctor told me, like, it's going to be really hard for you to have kids. And I remember thinking in that moment, I was like, are you kidding me? Do you not mm. know that I'm Latina? Like, do you know, that's like the one thing that we do and a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You know how many babies my mom has? Mm-hmm. This is not real. Like, this cannot be my problem, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I didn't believe it, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, but I didn't know that I was just something was serious because I could feel it in my you body. You could feel it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway... Time passed. I got surgery. That that was the first of many procedures I had to go through, mm. and so the time started pass uh, to pass. So we went from 
let's wait a little bit to have a kid to maybe we won't have a kid, you know, mm. like, because I got pregnant seven years and a half into our marriage. So mm. um, actually, December 11th of 2020, <laughs> mm. I got pregnant. And um, so we had to go. So we say it was a lot of faith and a little bit of science. And we had to um, start all over again. We had already done some procedures before, but when I lived in Puerto Rico, we went through the hurricane. We lived like very stressful situations. I'm not going to get into that, but it's just like by the time we came here, it was like the best time and the best kind of like situation for us to be able to um, to start again, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's how, how it happened. So... So okay, so like in you find out that you had endometriosis in in endometriosis mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So you spent five years in Puerto Rico, back and forth in the hospital, doing surgeries, doing different. So at that point, I was I, had, I was already living there for almost two years when I found okay. out. So a year and a half, um, almost two, and so for the rest of my time there, so like three years and a half. I um I started going to a holistic doctor, which because the the goal, the problem with endometriosis is that it's incurable. Yeah. So there is no cure for it. Um the best thing that you can do is like learn to manage your to manage it. And often times the best way to do that is with a more holistic approach. So yes. like your food, your practices you know, supplements and different things like that. Um, so, and I, I didn't want to be pregnant at all costs. So for me, it wasn't like, we'll pump you with hormones and whether you're sick, whatever, it doesn't matter. We'll get you pregnant, girl. We'll get you pregnant. I was like, no, yeah. that's yes. not my that's goal. Amazing. Like I want to live a good life. What's the mm-hmm. point of me having a baby and not being able to take care of after, you know, exactly. um, that I didn't, my husband told me, like, from the get-go, he said, you know, I marry you. Like, having a child is a blessing, but it's not, like, the I don't ultimate, feel... The end all. Right, right. You know, like, that's yeah. what we're going to... And we decided very early on when we found out, like, okay, we're going to have fun. You know, like, we're not going to let this consume us because if it does, we're going to lose everything. Um, and And it was actually a really good strategy because... We, by the time the baby came, you know, we had, we had had such good quality time, you know, that it's been, I'm not going to say that it's not been difficult because that would be a lie, but, mm-hmm. you know, but at least we understand each other really well and it's been a good mm-hmm. foundation to build on for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. And it's great that you had a supportive husband, right? Because as you said, when dealing with hormones is, 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 is it's a lot. It's a lot because if I think about my own story, um, I found out that I had uh, PCOS. Is that what it's called? PCOS. PCOS. And I have, anyways, I I have a similar similar story to yours. Almost the same, but on the opposite spectrum. So, could you could you explain that if you know a bit more about it? So, Mm -hmm. like, I produce too much estrogens, and PCOS is the opposite is high progesterone as opposed to estrogen Estrogen. so your body should always have like a similar amount um, to be balanced 
yeah, and also to get pregnant, you have to have like a, a an amount that is balanced. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I needed to have, they needed to give me a progesterone to be able to uh, be able to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you produce too much progesterone, is also wrong yeah. for your body because then your body is not able to eliminate the excess that your body is constantly creating. So yeah. you can have um, other things happening, cysts, um, yeah. uh, very similar symptoms actually, yeah. but um, there's things like losing your hair, um, growing yeah. <laughs> hair in odd places. Odd places, yeah. Um, you know, it's just like all these things that you're like, okay, like it, What's going it's on? such a weird feeling when your body feels, it feels like your body is attacking you, like it's betraying yeah. you. Like yeah. it's a, it's a difficult, um, it's like a battle with yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. It really is. It definitely is a battle. Um, So why do you think that it is important? Why is it important to share concerning our information Fertilities or issues concerning challenges, yeah. Uh, yeah challenges concerning like the women and yeah. birthing and all of that yeah. that's such a good question I really appreciate that question because I'm gonna say that the first reason for which I shared was because I felt really lonely that was the first instinct mm. to share um I didn't have any well here's the thing apparently it looked like I had no one around me that had the same issues as me. And when I shared, all these people came out of the woodwork that I knew for years and that had never, I never knew that they were battling with endometriosis or infertility or like different things. I didn't know. And so, um, so my first instinct was to kind of like put it out there. And I remember like for Days after I shared um, my story or my battle with infertility, I started receiving so many DMs about other women going through different things. And it felt so comforting to know that I wasn't alone. So I really, really, really appreciate, um, you know, I, I just really appreciated to hear someone else to say like, oh, like I went through that. So I heard both things like, I heard mm-hmm. the thing like I've gone through this and I'm still in it and other people mm-hmm. like I went through it and like I had a baby you know and then other people were like you know I experienced something like this and I did this this and that and it helped you know like it's just like I I had I had everything you know mm-hmm. so that was the first uh reason why mm-hmm. and it definitely did work in the sense that it did help me feel less alone alone mm-hmm. um in my in my journey and I felt like people could there is something about when you follow someone on social media like you only see what they show so like yeah you don't sometimes like you need to know the whole thing like hashtag relatable you know like sometimes you need to know that certain people are that everyone is is human like everybody yes. struggles everybody Indeed. you know we're all things. going through something yeah something. Exactly. life is not exactly. perfect you know mm-hmm. exactly so that was the first reason the second reason was because i thought that it was important as a person of faith 
Mm-hmm. I felt that it was important to, I, I, I don't like for people to portray Christianity of, or my journey of faith as if mm-hmm. I am a super woman, like a super mm-hmm. hero, right? Yeah. Like, I don't go through moments where I doubt God or where I'm upset at God's uh, mm-hmm. will for my life or where I don't understand what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, um, I wanted people to know that I myself, as a person of faith, I was going through something that I could not explain. Like, mm. you know, I could not say, oh, don't worry. Like, in a week, this is going to be gone. No, no, no. Just I call on Jesus. He's going to fix like, it all. Pray about it, you know, like kind of thing. Like, no, it's like, look, I'm, I have an incurable hormonal imbalance mm. that has literally has an impact in so many areas of my life mm-hmm. and so much so that I don't know if I will ever be a mother, you know? Mm-hmm. So especially this mother's day for me is very special yeah. because for the first time I am a mother. Last year mm-hmm. I was a mother to be, but this year I'm actually a mother. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that whole process. So I really wanted people to know like, People that have faith also struggle, you know, but it is in that struggle that I could find a lot of hope in my faith and in God, like to turn to him and say, God, I'm having a really bad day. Like, I honestly am so upset. I'm upset at you. I'm upset at your design for my life. I don't understand what you're doing. And, but what am I going to do? Run away from you when Mm -hmm. you're the one where I can find the the strength that I need mm-hmm. to keep going. And mm-hmm. so I found a lot of comfort in that, in mm-hmm. uh, walking and, and just kind of maintaining my faith. And um, so when we told people that we got pregnant, I mean, I still have that announcement on my, both on Facebook and on my Instagram. It was like the internet exploded. Like it was the, craziest thing we announced it on my birthday Mm -hmm. uh 2021 february 2021 february 10th yes oh my gosh yeah okay i tell you you got a special place in my heart sis you don't know (laughs) oh my gosh so i i love my birthday too and so it's like such it was such a um a miracle you know, and mm. that's how I started my caption for there is nothing impossible for God. Mm. And then I said, after eight years, almost eight years, we are expecting a baby. I mean, it was like people were like, what? Because at this point, most people knew, you know, that mm. we were struggling, that we mm. couldn't have a baby, that on our own, we couldn't have a baby. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, we're young pastors, you know, we've lived in different places. So many people that just like, they want to see us having a baby. So many people were waiting for that baby. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of execution. You know, so yeah, so that's, that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering um, what, what was the inspiration, the thing that sustained your faith during those uh, hard times? Mm-hmm. You know, because y- you say that you you kept the hope, you kept hope, faith, and all. But somebody else, but I don't mean that it's easy, but it's easy to lose faith during when we are tested. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, yeah. how did you manage to keep the faith going on? 
Um, I remember um, before Christmas, there's a time that it's called Advent um, in Christianity, like the 40 days leading up to, or the few days leading up to Christmas. Yeah. And so uh, I remember that year, uh, at the beginning of November, I was preparing for that. And I remember that I kept coming across the word hope, like hope, hope, hope. And so I was like, you know what? It feels like God wants me to kind of like study a little more about hope in in the Bible, like according to what, you know, um, according to what he, and I, I, one thing that I remember um, studying and, and reading about was that hope, is not like it's not a feeling you know for people who have faith hope is not a feeling and hope is not an event and it's not like a positive thinking hope for me is a is a person and that is is jesus and the thing the thing the difference between the two is that jesus hasn't changed you know he was faithful yesterday in my life throughout my life he has been faithful and so I have to look at his record before to predict how he's going to act again you know because he just has never changed he was faithful yesterday he's faithful today and he will continue to be faithful and so that was something that I remember uh, was something that I even wrote it in my journal. Like it was something that really gave me hope because I was like, Jesus, I was like, God, you know, like it, it doesn't matter what's going on around me because quite frankly, my body is doing the opposite of what I am hoping you will do for me. And so much so that actually I got pregnant after another surgery. I had another mm-hmm. surgery. And so when I was feeling so down, like so down and I didn't know that I was like a month away from getting pregnant you know and so I was on my lowest lowest I remember it was November 2020 we're Mm -hmm. in a pandemic Mm -hmm. things are going super bad I'm not going to see my family for Christmas I'm away from home Uh, very isolated I am getting a surgery and another surgery which is my biggest fear after the first one I had, I just didn't want to have any more surgeries. I had I had just had a bunch of very invasive testing, and so it was like a time where, like I told you, I kept seeing the word hope, 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 and then when I started studying, I realized okay, like God is trying to tell me something, and what I I didn't realize He was preparing my heart for what He wanted to do in my life. That's the way I. I see it now, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, and obviously I know not everybody that listens to this podcast is a believer, but that's the way mm-hmm. that I see it as, as a believer, right? So that mm-hmm. I felt like God was preparing my heart for what he was about to do. And so, so that's how, that's how one way that I definitely kept uh, my hope in that, in those very, very difficult times. And, I, and I'm not going to say that, it was always clean and and I was always like, Yes, God, I love you. Like it wasn't like that. Okay. Like I was I had moments where I was like, I don't want to talk to you right now. Like we are upset. Like very upset right now. 
And um, so it wasn't always um, mm. so straightforward. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Thank you. Mm, so inspiring. Could you share a little bit about how you found out you were pregnant? Did you did so, you believe that you were pregnant? <laughs> well, we did take five tests that day. But <laughs> well, I think I remember you you put that on Instagram. Yeah, yeah I remember we reading posted, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, well. We actually, it was very straightforward because it was with a, um, a fertility clinic. So mm-hmm. when you um, get pregnant that way, it, there is no magic. Everything is scheduled. Everything is like to the moment. Everybody knows, you know, mm-hmm. um, it is a very, very invasive. So mm-hmm. there's a day where you have to go and get your eggs retrieved it does they were mm-hmm. they retrieved my husband's um specimen like they call it um mm-hmm. there's a day where they shove it inside of you there's a day wow. where you know you have and you have to calculate the days and you have to mm-hmm. do everything like everything is um calculated and everything is planned so from the day that you get the procedure you have to wait 14 days before you um get a uh, pregnancy test mm-hmm. and it uh and so that morning we nobody knew we had got done the procedure so it was completely just the two of us and we we're like just I remember like so they tell you you have to you know take the pregnancy test first pee in the morning so it's 6 a.m in the morning I am like babe I gotta pee I gotta pee <laughs> So he's like, oh my God. And you know, the thing is my mind was playing so many tricks because I thought I got my period the day before. Mm. I said, oh, I got my period. And my husband's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I feel it. I went to the bathroom, my underwear, I should say this here. And my underwear was clean. There was nothing. Mm. I was mm. like, okay, this is weird. What's my mind was on? playing tricks. So um, I went to, I went to the bathroom to the test and I knew by heart after years and years of false um you know scares or whatever i already knew what the negative looked like like i know by heart i can look at the thing i already know it's negative so when i see a positive you can see in the video i get so confused i'm like what what is that what is that (laughs) and my husband's like baby that's not positive that's a positive i'm like what what and it's 6 a.m so i'm like half asleep you know my hair is all like messed up and I'm like <laughs> I'm just wearing a t-shirt so, like even you see like the video my husband's trying to hide it because I'm like like half with my underwear like I'm just like so confused he's like baby it's a positive it's a oh positive and, and we took four other tests after that because I was like no way there's no way there's you no way you want to be sure I <laughs> I was like, and then I, after that, you have to go to the clinic because mm-hmm. you're, you have so many hormones in your system that it could be like a false positive. So you have right. to go two times after that. So it's after 24 hours, after 48 hours. And mm-hmm. the, the nurse would always uh, email me, yes, you're pregnant. The second time she's like, girl, you are most definitely pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you are so pregnant because my wow. numbers kept doubling and doubling. So yeah, that's how we found out. Wow, how beautiful. it was really beautiful, though. Even even yeah. though it was 
very planned and everything. It was so very beautiful. Yeah. It's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think every woman that experienced um, issues with infertility has their own journey, you know? And for me, I think this is the first time I'm ever actually going to share this, Valerie, but let's just put it all out there. Um, For me, I... I started, we actually started like a process at the infertility clinic, but what we started with was these medications, these pills. Yeah. But they made me sick. They made me super sick and I would like puke. And and the thing with me is I hate medication. I hate vaccines. Like I just hate anything that goes in my body that I don't know what the heck it is. Like I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. It's so hard. Yeah. It's it's too much. So after maybe like two, maybe three months or maybe even two, three months, I told my husband, I'm like, I, I can't do this thing. Yeah. I, I don't like getting sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like getting sick. And yeah. I was just like, you know what, God, if I'm supposed to get pregnant, let it happen because yeah. I'm tired. And yeah. a bit like you, my husband was one of those men, you know, that's like, mm-hmm. I married you. Yeah. I didn't marry the babies and all of that stuff. So yeah. it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, and I stopped. I, I stopped, forgot about it, lived my life, um, started exercising and trying to just figure it out other ways. Um, as you mentioned, holistic ways and, yeah. and figuring this PCOS thing. Yeah. Um, and for me, what happened was I actually got pregnant, I think a year or a few months later, closer to a year, I got pregnant. Um, you know, I was freaking out a bit like you with the three tests. <laughs> I did yeah. three tests. I was like, oh, shoot, like we're having a baby. Um, but unfortunately or fortunately, that first pregnancy didn't, didn't, uh-huh. um, come to completion yeah you know so we we ended up losing the baby and you know that story is for another day mm. um and then you know the same thing I got to go went through my healing process mm. and during COVID season in November I had COVID that day actually November 2021 wow. I had just had COVID we were isolated and obviously when you're isolated doing nothing, you, you, we all know what happens. <laughs> so <laughs> I you think got during bored. Time, we are really bored. <laughs> and I think that's when we conceived because a few months later I was like, yo, I didn't have my period. And obviously with Picos, you um you miss you don't yeah. have your period for months, right? So but then I had become regular. So I was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. And my husband he kept saying things like, uh, he, he would always talk about like having babies. I'm like, boy, what what's wrong with you? Like, where is this thing from? You know, not knowing that I was actually pregnant during this this whole thing. Yeah. And lo and behold, I, one day I was just like, you know what? Let me just go take a pregnancy test just like that wow. in December. I think fin décembre, ending of so December. So it was December 2020, right? Because you 20, gave birth 2020. Yeah. 20, yes, okay. 2020. Yes, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Because I remember I told my family um, for Christmas. 
saw um, yeah, uh, over okay, Zoom yeah. and everything. So yeah. you were probably finding out around that same yeah, time. Yeah, I was pregnant yeah. during that time, but I didn't of know. Course, like, of course, I was just living were, my best life, remember, drinking wine. Just, your baby's just a couple of days a after day. or before oh mine. So we were pregnant at the same time. At the same time. It's, it's so amazing. And yeah. yeah, and then I was like, he came home from work I, and I just gave him the thing. I'm like, yo, we're having a baby. And he's like, I know. <laughs> I didn't know. He's a man of change in you. He, I guess he did, and I guess he just felt it or something. I don't know. Um, but just uh, you know, the reason why I share this is just to show that like our stories are so different. Yeah, and we we all went through that up and down, that the tears, the why God, the all of the questions. And there's and all so many stuff. women that are still struggling, and my heart yes. goes out to all like if this is triggering for you like please like tune out if you need to you know because literally such a difficult topic it is so 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 delicate it goes to such a deep place and it 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 makes it it challenges um many things you know in 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 our womanhood and and even if we don't want to even if we don't subscribe to that it's just like really hard to like not take it personal again sometimes our body like hello this is what you're supposed to do you know like Mm. you know and the worst I think part um at least the way I felt was that um I felt like I had to go through so much like I didn't um feeling pain when I gave birth to my daughter I have been in pain for so long before Mm. she came you know And that's a wrap for our first part of Finding Grace with Valerie Moreno. Next week, part two will be on. We are so grateful that you tuned in into this episode today. Do not forget to subscribe to us, rate us, and share our content with a friend or two. Until our next amazing episode, stay blessed, stay Gucci, one love.